0: We are in week two of Little Things, and before you're seated, I want to give you the passage. I think it's reverent. We stand for God's word sometimes when it's not too long, right? If it's too long, it's not worth being reverent for. But if it's short enough, we can be reverent for it, right? Just kidding. We're always reverent to God's word. We believe it's important to stand because the word is life and life-giving, Or we wouldn't be here. Let's go to chapter 2 of Matthew, and look at verses 1 through 12. And when you have it, say amen. This is an ongoing joke, because nobody brings Bibles anymore to church. That's weird. Why would we do that? Paper. I know y'all use scrolls. Anyway. (laughs) What's a scroll? Scroll like scroll my feed for the, the reels I'm watching after church? No. Scroll like paper. It's all right. I don't have scrolls either. I don't have the patience for like all the the rolling and unrolling and then I twist the paper and I just get a Bible somebody. Anyway, Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the East, that's Persia, came to Jerusalem and asked Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They knew he was coming. People that know God and hear God know when he's going to do something next. They can sense it. It was spoken by the prophet, and they knew that star meant something. Verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Everybody say disturbed. Disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them in a very nice voice, I can tell, where the Messiah was to be born. See, Herod was undercover. Verse 5, In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When the prophet spoke, that is God speaking. There. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Do you believe him? Do you believe him? But he said it just like that. If you just let me know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him some gifts from Amazon and it's going to be so nice. I want to worship him. Whatever, devil. Verse 9, after they heard the king, they went their way. And the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So they followed the star of Bethlehem until eventually it was over him. And God said, right here you'll find your Messiah. When they saw the star, can you imagine? They were overjoyed. Verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold. Everybody say gold. Frankincense and myrrh. You know, the stuff y'all see every day, I'm sure. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is week two, part two. Sorry, Michelle, of little things. We're debating, is it part two or is it week two? It's both. It's part two of the Little Things series today. As you take your seat, just find somebody and ask them, what did you bring this holiday season? What did you bring? And if you didn't bring anything, just give them deer and headlights. And then seat into the chair. Oh, y'all so good. They're getting it. Oh, it took five years of that. I love y'all. Who's excited for Christmas? Like you got a really cool list going? Like, like a wish list? Like do, you, do kids still use paper wish lists or is it on their tablet and it's emailed to their parents? I mean, I'm just thinking that would be much more efficient. If I was a kid today, I could get my kid, kid gift hustle on so much greater than back in the 80s, you know? Because there's tools. I'd be having YouTube promos. Hey mom, check out my channel, the Red Rider BB gun. Like whatever it is, it'd be it'd be it'd be so easy to win, but that wasn't meant for me. And but nowadays my kids are, oh my goodness, I I can't even keep track. But I thought it'd be funny to show you my very favorite Christmas. And uh, I have talked about the Red Rider, and that was a good one. But this was actually my favorite Christmas. Um, Gabe, show them photo one right there. Not that. That guy with one arm. Under the sermon bucket says picture one. Sorry, I didn't warn you today. I was testing you. God was testing you. Under sermon by the speaker name, it says pick one, top left. There you go. Who? <laughs> sorry, Gabe. Who? Now, without reading the label, How many know what that thing is? Okay, and even if you read the label, how many still are like, well, what do you do with it? Does everybody know what it is? Wow, everybody? Okay, Emily doesn't. That's good. That'd be weird if you knew. That's the power glove, baby. In 1985, 1985 only. For a reason, because it didn't work. It's a piece of junk. And me and my mom had a real good gift return hustle going on adventure for half my childhood. So if something didn't work, we just knew how to take care of it. I won't tell you all the secrets back in my past when I was a sinner. But that's the Power Glove. And that came with the Nintendo Entertainment System Deluxe Edition 1985 Christmas. I was the first kid in the neighborhood to have it. And man, did they use me. They used me, and they ditched me, and they just wanted to play my – there's the rest of it. Man, that looks just like the game systems today, doesn't it? So who remembers the thing on the right? Another 85 special going out of style in 86 January. That's the robot. Guess what that did? Absolutely nothing. It made a really good coffee holder if I had drank coffee back then. So, so the deluxe edition came with Duck Hunt and Gyromite, a robot, and then I think we a la carte in the glove. Mom, I don't remember, but had to have it. It was so good, and it went back to a store near you shortly, and it wouldn't be long that Nintendo said, you know what, we're going to put in Super Mario Brothers instead, and that's what everybody else remembers. Duck Hunt, Super Mario. Remember when they combined it down to one cartridge? And you could look at this, look at this. This is like, what if we knew the Bible like this? Oh, well, that's just kind of boring, but you know, but Nintendo's awesome. So yeah, that was 1985 Christmas. Little Jeffy got his Nintendo Deluxe with Duck Hunt Gyromite, the robot in the glove. And I remember just being so devastated because the glove. I was like Caleb. My son Caleb is a clone of me 30 years later. Anyway. That was so cool. And I don't know if y'all have, does anybody else have memories like that of something really cool when they were a kid? Like, that's the one. Does anybody like want to share just like one? If you have a memory of like a really cool gift you got at Christmas, just lift your your hand if you have hands. Oh, Voltron, yes. Did you have the gold key in the castle? I'm so jelly. My friend had the castle. Can I just digress for a minute? Let's me and you talk. My friend had the castle with the gold key, and I always had the Voltron, the the, the full tiger, without the key. And then they threw his toys in the trash one year. And I said, what about me? I live next door. You could have gave me that. Anyway, good one. Good one, Curry. Guys, we're talking about the Bible today. Can we stick to subject, please? Just kidding. But, you know, it's fun, right? Getting gifts is fun when you're a kid, making your list in June like little Jeffy is fun so you can be sad when the Christmas comes and it's not good enough and then you start over for the next year and you've got your gifts on layaway. Remember layaway when people didn't actually have money? You lay away the next decade of stuff and eventually you could pay for it and then it's not worth anything by the time you pay for it and I don't even remember, they charge interest on layaway probably. Like it's just a really bad deal for people who don't have it, you know, yet. But I'm excited about Christmas this year. And we've talked about what's on our gifts list. Or may I say who is on your gift list? Is it just stuff on your gift list? Or is it people on your gift list? There's a difference. Have you ever felt bad? Are you one of these who feels bad because they didn't have something to open? Anybody? You know, you got you to gotta make a gift and wrap it, and you, they don't even know who you are, but you're going to make sure they have something to open so it's equal. Anybody? One time, Michelle's grandmother comes up to me when we were dating at a Christmas and says, did you like your gift? I said, what gift? And, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, can I share this? Okay, Thanks. I found out that someone else packaged gifts and put her grandmother's name on them to us. So not only did I not know there was a gift, but the gift that had the label was from a different human being. So it made it extra confusing. You know, like it's okay. It's okay, I don't have to have it that year. But what about what we're giving, right? It's about getting, right? It's about getting everything. No, it's about giving. Getting, giving, which is it? Oh, it's about giving. Giving, yeah. I knew it was one of those G words. I learned that in my 30s. I was the most getting little kid, and I became the Scrooge of the 19, of the 2010s. Is that, is that a thing? Because I had a swapparoo. God did something to my heart. It said, like, that's, that's not the path. Like, all those years you just collected, and you still feel this way, you know? So God said, maybe, maybe there's something more, little Jeff. Maybe there's something more to this. It's fun giving gifts, no doubt. And it's super fun watching your kids, especially when they're little. Maybe it's their first Christmas. Get excited and open up gifts that reflect our love for them like Nerf guns. <laughs> or like I said, maybe it's something just so good from your mother-in-law. So good. In-law gifts are the best. (laughs) When we, what y'all, I'm being serious. When we look at the gifts the Magi brought to the Christ, here's what's funny. What was the significance behind the gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Could Christ really use those things? Come on, somebody. He's like a day old. He's like an hour old. Maybe Christ sent the Magi a list of items from Amazon prior to the arrival so that when he was born, he would not be disappointed and would have something to open. Because he's the Christ. i got to have something to open. Me, 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 me. That's what Jesus did, right? No. Jesus was a baby. He didn't have diapers. He couldn't get on Amazon. Watch this. This is cool. I want to talk about for a minute... The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. That's a neat word, isn't it? Myrrh. Did you know the gold? Now, this is speculation. I can't say it's in the Bible, but it's, it's, there's enough there that you could draw this as truth. The gold represented the kingship of the Messiah. See, they knew something no one else knew yet. That's why they were there with gold. It's not that Jesus could use it. It's not that he was going to melt it and make himself a bling chain and walk around like, hey, I'm the Messiah. Like, no, he's not doing that. It's because the gold represented where he was going to go with his life. And watch this. And by the way, that's in Daniel. That's another prophet. This is prophetic. That's in Daniel chapter 7. The frankincense, I didn't say Frankenstein. I said frankincense, people. It represented the God in him, that God showed up that day. It represented the deity, because in the Old Testament, frankincense was traditionally burned in the temple as an offering to God. You can go read Leviticus. It's the most exciting book of the Bible. Chapter 2. By bringing this gift, the Magi affirmed Jesus was more than just flesh, that he was God Come, the word delivered, fully man, fully God. Now the myrrh, who can guess what the myrrh represented? Death. Now, isn't that so good that they show up to a new baby, Camilla's just born, and someone brings my baby some myrrh and says, you're going to die someday for your people because God spoke you to come and die. Isn't that deep? And depressing, but exciting because he had a calling and they knew it. Why did they bring the gifts? Because they knew something. The gifts didn't create the outcome. The gifts were the result of something they knew. That's why giving gifts this season is a big deal. It just depends if you understand what you're giving and why. That's what makes it a superficial thing versus a spiritual significance of how God is operating in your life at this moment. The little thing, you like that? That's a serious name. The little thing of gifts is so significant because we may never see past the wrapping paper if it wasn't for the text we're covering today. So as I noted to y'all when you took your seats Let's look to your neighbor one more time and say, what gifts are you bringing this holiday season? If you don't have a neighbor, just look to God and say, God, no, that doesn't work. Just look to your chair. Someday there'll be so many neighbors, you won't know which one to pick. Isn't that good? What will you bring? We get so caught up in getting that we don't even think about what we're bringing. Every conversation, my kid goes, what'd you say, Dad? I said, you're so caught up in what you're gonna say, you're never actually listening. Same thing, different context, same principle. That when we're distracted by consumption, we'll never hear God through revelation because God shows things and then we react based on what he shows us and giving is everything. That's why they showed up with gifts it wasn 't because Jesus you know what one one wiki said this is kind of funny, and it could be true. you know God always has a spiritual and a practical everything everything practical in the Old Testament was revealed spiritually in the new, everything that Jesus brought forward in the new covenant there 's always a spiritual and practical mirror to to everything, like Tower of Babel Day of Pentecost, like the spiritual, the literal of the, of, the, of, the, of the everything but what i 'm saying right here is they said that maybe the gold, they, Google, said maybe the gold was to pay for the manger because they just kind of took it from a farmer. And they said maybe the frankincense was to hide the smell of the whatever was going on in there. And they said maybe the myrrh was, you know, to help the Messiah's tushy from chap, you know. It's a baby. You got to have Baby ointment, don't you all know? If you don't if you don't lather the baby with the ointment after the diaper changes too frequently, it gets ugly quick. How many have babies? How many were a baby once? Oh, praise God. We've got some people who were once a child. Some people didn't raise their hand. That's a little scary to me. Guess we got aliens in here. One time I said, Who had a mom once? <laughs> they had to think about it. I used to stare at my tree. You'll, you'll know we get multicolored trees here because when I was a kid, I loved my little multicolored tree. Next year we got some big trees for the lobby. But, but I used to stare at my tree and be like, Mom, can we put it up in June? She's like, no, no, Jeffrey, it's such a mess. No. And so I think, I don't know, when we did ours, now it's like Thanksgiving. I think back then we did it like in December, like when Christmas was, but, but I would just lay there on the couch and stare at the tree and I would just dream about the presents, what I was going to get. And I would sit there and shake them. Guess I would, I would, I would call it out. That's what that one is. Never once did it cross my mind to give something to anyone. You know what I did? I'd go get myself some stuff and I'd wrap it for myself and put my name on it. So I was given to me. Anybody else crazy like that? Wrapping some stuff in June so you could have more to consume under December's tree. I'm dead serious, y'all. And that went back to the store because I didn't like that either, even after I picked it out. It's a hot mess. See, God had to get me out of the gutter of adolescent self. I was a good kid, but I was a little spoiled. But that's what we're taught. That's what we're taught. Look at the commercials. How many commercials do you watch about really giving and giving to God? It's more about the sale, right, for consuming. Now, I know we're going to give that to somebody, and that's all good, and I'm all about the presents. Trust me, we got some under the tree. I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about priorities here. And the first focus we're supposed to have for Christmas is what we're willing to bring to God. That's first. God don't need ointment this year. God needs faithfulness. Will you bring your faithfulness this year to the recognition that the the Magi saw back then? Will you recognize Jesus this year and see what they saw? How many years are you going to wait to see it like them? Because the gifts represent something they saw. The gifts meant nothing. In the end, it was about what they saw. That's why the gifts are so important. It's just the little things. It's just a little part of the text that I always skim by. When I read the story, I see Jesus came. Who cares about the gifts? God cares. And that's why they're there. And that's why they're in the text, just like last week. That's why the details matter. Gifts represented honor in reverence, not accessory and glam. We are so taught to show it off and be broken on the inside. But that's not what God sees. God sees what's on the inside. God don't care how big your rims are. I mean, I do. I like the big ones. But God don't care if I drive, do people still like Cadillacs? Like a Cadillac, uh, a Lamborghini, or a... uh, A pickup truck, God doesn't care about that. And if God doesn't care about it, I learned a long time ago, I don't care what anybody else thinks about it then. Now, we can have things we enjoy, like good coffee, or maybe a nice car. That's all good. But I don't do it because what people think, I want to do what God thinks. I want to show God that I care about him first, that that's a priority. And so when Christmas comes, I want to reevaluate and think about what am I doing first to bring my gifts to the altar. What am I doing first to recognize the Messiah has come? It's easy to forget because you got to go through all the stuff. You know, what are you going to cook? How many presents you got to wrap? All the, all the appointments. I mean, visitation, what do they call? Not visitation, uh, get togethers with the in-laws. You know, it's so fun. Like you got to do all that. It's just exhausting, right? And there's no time left for Jesus. Has anybody ever felt that? You're like, I don't know why it's so miserable going 18 places in two days. Because that's not the Christmas. That's good. We need, we need to see family, and sometimes you got to do it. I understand. It, one, I can't say that. That won't be nice. I won't go there. <laughs> I'm just saying less is more. One thing I learned about family get-togethers is less is more. Now we do it, I like to do it with a few. I'd rather do multiples, spread it out over the year, and, you know, see my family all year. But I want to remember first why we're doing Christmas, and that's not about the food, which is good, by the way. It's about Jesus came as he promised. Amen? Y'all getting this? How many get excited that Jesus showed up? That's why we're still celebrating every year because he showed up back then. We're taught that to be blessed is to gain. To be blessed is to give. Because giving is through gaining. And when you give, you gain. And the Magi knew the value of what they held. That's why they gained. It's not, it's not a quota. It's not like a it's not an inventory in your house. Gaining is understanding. Gaining is revelation. I'm trying to make sure I say this right. We're taught to prosper means more money in the bank. That helps, but that's not the core value underneath the blessing. The value is mercy and favor from God. And that to keep, you have to be good stewards. And to be a good steward, you have to bring, give, think of others, put them first, walk last, that's the priority. Here this baby came with some myrrh. Now, if I'm, if, if I'm at the hospital, and I've had my issues with nighttime nurses, love y'all, but after five kids, they, they seem to never like me at nighttime when I'm holding the baby. I say, I got five of these. I know, they're not, I know how to hold them so they don't choke, and I'm not going to suffocate them and all this stuff. I know you're trying to protect my baby, but I got five. Leave me alone. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Yes, Camilla. I know. That's how I felt. That's her right there. But if, if my baby came, now think about this, y'all. Put yourself in the shoes. If your baby came or it's your, you never had a baby yet and they just come out and someone shows up to the door with myrrh, how's that going to make you feel? Well, we're, 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 we're a 2022 generation. We're going to take that as a cut. Like you're going to say my child's going to die? That's not what they understood. They celebrated because they knew something nobody else knew. That was the revelation. That's why understanding the context of your Bible matters. Who is the audience? What is the time frame? What were they talking about then? And I can be guilty of it. I can make it sound like anything you want if you really wanted to. Or I can be honest with the text and, and tell it like God intended for the audience it was written, which applies forever. Amen. That's the danger in twisting the text into whatever we want it to be. I'm preaching today. I'm not even into point two yet. No drugs. I made a joke last year about the, the surgery. I don't, not drugs, you know, like the fentanyl. They gave me fentanyl, people, an IV, and it took like three days to get out of my system. So last year I was, last week I was saying things that were, I said I'd have this on eight weeks. It was two. That's just old age, but. I'm clean today. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I got God's word in me today. So now I'm clear headed and got more to give you. Is that all right? Okay. This is the point right here. Now I'm getting to the meat of this. It was fun until now. It was fun. What happened? What did the Magi do after they came and give the gifts? An angel of the Lord warned them, say, don't you go back to where you came from. Why? Because God warned them that Herod was a fraud. Kings back then, they liked to kill all the baby boys under two years old to keep things from happening. Remember Moses? Now look at Jesus. You see a parallel here? That's good. You know your Bible. Good. You all act like you heard a really good Moses series recently. It's so good. Herod wanted to kill the baby, though he's posing that he wanted to worship the baby. So the angel of the Lord warned the Magi. And the Magi listened and went back to Persia through another route. That's revelation. Revelation is when you hear, believe, and act on something God gave you. So hence, the wise men, get it? That was something we called them. They went back because they were wise under God's word. They could hear God in a way that no one else could hear yet. Even Herod thought he had to figure it figured out. God's always 10 steps ahead. God's always a hundred steps ahead of the Herods in your life. So if you listen to God, when Herod shows up, he's gonna tell you, Google Maps, give me a different route. Give me a detour, Google. So they listened. They went another way. The connection between the giving and the revelation is that because they gave with insight, discernment, they already were ready to now hear God tell them when danger came. So what I'm saying is if we can't hear God say what to bring to show honor and reverence, we will not hear him when danger comes into our life. One revelation leads to the next, and the gifts were not the cause. They were the fruit of revelation that had already happened in the wise men that caused them to come to begin with to a stanky old manger. So God can't get you to the manger until you start giving some gifts and thinking about what you're doing with your life. And then when he gets you there, he's going to protect you from the next thing. That's why line upon line, precept upon precept, every word shall be established. God continues to root in you something new that you didn't know could be there because you listened on the previous thing. Make sense? You can clap for that. You don't turn into a wise, wise man from Persia overnight. It's baby steps. But if you don't take any steps, you stay a baby. Jesus grew up. Jesus didn't stay. Camilla, she grunts like a little monkey when she's excited. I can hear her. She do not really talk, but she does that. It's so cute because she's getting this word. She's like, I'm going to grow up, Dad. I'm going to grow up. Teenage years. God help me. You know, little boys, I can do it. Little girls, I just pretend it's not happening. Can I just skip? Anyway, God give me wisdom in 10 years. They went another way because of revelation. And that revelation knew to trust the next thing the angel brought to them. They knew the first sign was what the prophet spoke. So they should go to Bethlehem. And so they now, now, now they know when another angel shows up and says, do this. They're going to listen because they're wise men. They're wise. Their intuition is strong when it's in sync with the spirit They knew a treasure was at their feet. Invaluable. You've seen like these movies. uh, What's the movie? Oceans 11, 12, 27. There's like a bunch of them, right? They're all like on this heist, right? To get the treasure. And everybody's trying to steal it because they know the value that's at their feet. So let's pretend, let's pretend George Clooney is the Magi. And let's pretend, I don't know the characters in the movie. Let's pretend Brad Pitt is the Herod. They're all trying to get this thing right. Like, oh, it makes sense now. See, God gives us a carnal illustration so we can understand a spiritual revelation. Like, like the wise men knew the treasure that were at their feet and they knew they had to protect that. So when an angel warned them and they've got this baby that's been prophesied to come since the Garden of Eden, if you really want to know, you can go look at it. We can talk about it someday. But Jesus was prophesied in the Garden of Eden upon the very first sin. It was clear there was a Messiah that would stomp the devil's head and come. And blood would be shed. Anyway, that's a different theology lesson. What I'm saying is they knew something and knew that thing was invaluable. I got to protect this baby. We got to go another way. And then it, it goes on to say that Mary and Joseph had to go to Egypt for a couple years to protect the baby. God instructs, if we listen, he'll protect us. Isn't that good? It's not that he's on vacation. It's that maybe we're not paying attention To those things, because we're distracted with those things. When we can hear, we can discern what is not of him. And they knew Herod, I don't know, there's something about the way he's talking. I don't buy it. I think he's, I think that's the enemy. So they knew it was not authentic and that Herod was a fraud. And they were grateful They were grateful. So when I keep asking you, what gifts are you bringing this holiday season? What gifts are you bringing to show gratitude, to show gratefulness? Maybe you're bringing surrender on your knees. Maybe you're bringing dinnertime prayer that you're asking your little five-year-old for the first time to say grace because you're telling that five-year-old, Jesus died for you. And today he came we're recognizing today he came to, to give life and he was born today we're recognizing that and someday son you're going to understand that he died for you like maybe that's your gift this holiday season because gratitude is in the gift you bring gratitude shows in your gifts now one time I preached a series on this from gifts to glory 2019 and we were not only talking about gifts like at Christmas, but your gifts God put in you. And so, so when you think you have nothing to give, trust me, y'all, God put something in you to give. I just can't afford it. You can't afford a blessing God already put in you. It's the talent came from him. That's why it's a gift. You can't give that to God. Yes, you can. You can keep holding it, saying, someday I'm going to wrap it. Someday I'm going to present it to the Lord. When I feel adequate, that will never happen. I can vouch for that. You'll never feel adequate because you can't be adequate before the feet of the baby Messiah. He is perfect. We are not. And until we say, you know what, I'm broken, but I'm going anyway. I'm broken, but I'm going to show up anyway at the manger. I don't care about the smell. I don't care. God put something in me, and if I don't even know what it is, I'm going to say, God, there's a gift. Show me what it is. That's a start. Maybe that's your gift this holiday season. There's no age limit on this gift. If you're breathing, you got gifts. And gratitude lives in these gifts. The gifts represent the revelation, which leads to more revelation. If you want God to speak to you, become a giver. Everything you do, become a giver. I can can lay down my life on that. Become a giver. Everything you do, do it with gratitude. I am second mentality. I don't need it, I'll go last. When the food comes at Christmas, guess where I go? The back of the line. It's really, I don't wanna deal with the people, but I don't even care because I want them to know I want them to go first, every time. I'm I'm waiting for some of my other family to pick up on that that habit, but it's not happening yet, but I'm gonna keep doing it anyway because that's not why I do it. And my kids know, my kids know that they go first. Mom and dad go first. You know, uh, aunts and uncles go first. Grandma and grandpa go first, whatever. Like those little things show gratitude. We give because we know what we've been given. We give to our children because we know what God gave us. We give to our church We give to God's house, we give to our neighbors, we give to our job, we invest everything God put in us because we know what God gave us. Amen? If y'all could stand, that's a good thing to go out on because when you know what someone gave you has no price, you can't buy it, you can't put it on eBay because it would just blow up the site because it's so good, it would jam up the site with so much traffic, you can't even put a price on a gift like that, and when you realize that the baby was a gift like that for you, you will walk out of here feeling good. You won't give a rip about what people are getting you because God gave you something and that's all you care about. And that's where all your value lives. And when you know where your value lives, nothing else cares. Nothing else matters to you. Nothing else can bring you down. It can't bring you down no more. You don't even want those things because you know they're just a high and to stay full, you got to live this way. The rest are just a buzz for a couple of days while the thing is shiny and new. It's good. It's so good. There's gratitude in the gift and gratitude stems from obedience. The wise men were obedient to go. Obedience lives in action. Obedience lives in action. Talk is cheap they say. I think Jesus wrote that. Obedience lives in action. I said I'm going to come. I'm going to show up in the manger. I'm not going to keep talking about it. I'm going to really come. The the wise men said, "Well, I'll get there when I don't have a busy schedule." They said, "I'm going to be there." And you know they're going to be there. You can trust when they're going to be there cuz obedience, faithfulness lives in action and that's the only place it lives. Otherwise, it's just belief. What gifts will we bring this holiday season? God, we give glory and honor. To you today, we are reverent beneath, in in front of your feet, God. We stand here in the, it will pretend we're in the manger with you today, God. We don't care about the smell. We don't care about that we've had no sleep and we've been driving looking for a hotel and everything's full and you put this baby in the car with us to take care because it was actually you, God. Oh, my Lord, God, I give thanks for that. That there's something so big here that I don't even know, but now you've given me revelation to know that. As I do more of this you will show me more of that as I give you will bless in a way that the world tells me is no good but eternity says is the only way and that's where my joy will live so we give thankful we give thanks now God we go about our week this week looking about how we can show gratitude through our giving this week. What gifts can we bring to our family, to our, to our peers, to our Messiah this Christmas morning showing gratitude to be alive gratitude to be able to worship freely under the star of Bethlehem not worried about Herod because we kicked him out because he can't come in because you're 10 steps ahead we're grateful for that we don't have to fear anybody coming in and trying to steal what you have given we give thanks for that now and if everybody can shout together in Jesus name everybody say it amen